What? Barbie Heimer time. A weekend. We had Barbie. We had the World Cup. Messi. Yeah. Oppenheimer. Messi. Boom. Everything. COVID's not over, guys. Also, never forget that. It's there. It's out there. It's a little, it's still, it's a little as, as the streets say, my homeboy says a little stepped on, but it's still out there. <laughs> yeah, they, they cut it a little bit, but it ain't gone. <laughs> <laughs> they, put a little, they put a little baking soda in that COVID, but it's still out there. <laughs> Uh, at least we can laugh about it. All right, Alabaster, oh, yeah. this is debatable. I'm Dominic Fox. That's David Dennis Jr. Alabaster is going to tell us what to talk about. Boom, boom. Guys, we are talking about football. That's right. Messi is in the United States. International football has come to our shores, Suck. and it was, a sight, it was a sight to behold. The celebrities were out, and Messi came on as the best player in the world and just – buried a magisterial free kick to win that game. And so my question to you all, after seeing Messi's American debut, what does Messi mean for the MLS and American soccer as a whole? So I've been um, looking through their thesaurus this this, this weekend. Oh, magisterial. That. I even watch oh. too much soccer. They use big words to describe things. That's not what we do over here. The man kickball in, <laughs> kick in net. Um, so... <laughs> I think it's hard to know what he's done for soccer. I, I mean, before we get to all that stuff, I think we should appreciate just how cool a moment yeah. that was. It's so rare mm-hmm. that you get those moments that work out so perfectly where it's the debut. He comes on. I think he only played 36 minutes, but he comes on. He does a masterful uh, soccer flop. It was just so European <laughs> the way yeah. that he's clearly been playing in the best year, the best leagues in the country. His performance on the flop was great. And then to nail, which is a tough kick. And that the kick is, I think one of the things about ending it on a free kick is that <laughs> makes it kind of special. It's still out there, guys. Makes it kind of special. <laughs> makes it kind of special. Don't put that on me. Don't I'm put that sorry. on me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It makes it kind of special is that that goes in no matter who he's playing yeah. against. It wasn't like – while Messi did look comfortable out there and he he kind of stood out. I'm not a soccer expert, but it was clear that he was better than other players. But that particular yeah. kick, yeah, that's a World Cup kick that's going in. That's a Premier League, La Liga, everywhere that kick is going in. So that was a pretty special shot and a great um, – just a great way to introduce him to MLS and introduce him to soccer in America. Yeah, the sports are scripted. Allegations are are going to be running rampant. Like that's just one of those things you just can't make up. And it was a shot. Like, and this is something that you rarely see in soccer. Is that a shot that felt like you said like it just felt like it was going in? You know, like it was just basically like Jordan at the elbow, or like you know Manning at the two minute drill, or Brady at the two minute drill, whoever you want to do that. But it just felt like one of those things that was inevitable. As soon as the ball was in the air. Uh, there was no question. Even before the ball was in, it just felt like no question. And that's just like one of those things that just, I'm here. You know, the I'm here sort of sort of moment, you know, for him at least. I don't know what this means for the – Yeah, that's the, that's the less fun yeah. part of this conversation. We yeah. can we can still stay on this high and talk about how great it was and say this was perfect. I don't know that they could have asked for a better way to launch this. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe a hat trick. But just like, honestly, there's no better way to like introduce him, which means that it should set up for – a lot of people getting some MLS subscriptions, selling yeah. out a bunch of tickets, and soccer MLS taking a big leap. I think part of the answer to this question is uh, there is no magic pill for soccer. Like yeah. there is no single player, there's no one moment. But I think this was a step in the right direction to like improve soccer engagement, and it's always fun. I never, whenever we gather around the World Cup, 
whenever we gather around these big moments as a country and the women's world cup is going on right now too, the men's world cup, any of those things. I mean, mm. even when the euros are on, I watch those. It's always fun. Like I yeah. always like yeah. it, but it just never seems to like break through in a way that it would join the big three sports in this country. And maybe Messi is the the key to doing it because he's not, he's not washed as you saw. Right. A lot of guys come over here when they're washed, get that final check. He's coming fresh off of his highest career achievement, or at least what well, I guess you can't say is the highest. He's won the Ballon d'Or seven times, but it was, it seemed like the most um, uh, significant achievement winning right. the world cup. He's coming straight off of that. Uh, and he's here. So uh, David, when are we going to Miami so we can catch some of these, these games. Hey, debatable. Debatable. Put us on the debatable jet, baby. We're going to the 305. Me, Dominique, Khaled. Yeah, we, we, I mean, we don't, Trina, we try not to Daddy. use the, the debatable jet too much because we try to be conscious of global warming. Yeah. But it's in the hangar. Yeah. If it's an emergency, I'll call it out and we'll hop on. All of us yeah. hop on a debatable PJ. It's it's 137 degrees uh, in the south right now. Just a little bit more, a little, little, little dash more global warmer from the, from the PJ will be fine. Analogy time. Here's the analogy here. There's what the this is what the ceiling of Messi is. It's a wrestling analogy. Okay. Oh gosh. So you always doing wrestling analogies. I'm wearing a Kamala shirt, by the way. Anyway, so this reminds me, the potential of this sort of reminds me of WCW, which is a fledgling Southern wrestling brand, right, at the yep. time that did not feel like it had the national crossover appeal that it could possibly have, right? Mm-hmm. They grabbed Hulk Hogan from WWE, right, who was a free agent. They brought him in, and this sort of became the boon that made this, like, into a household thing, right? right. Messi can be that, and and the parallels are even there that Hogan was sort of, the feeling was that he was washed, right? He was in his, like, probably early 40s, the hairline and the baldness was happening. And Messi feels like he could be that mainstream sort of star potentially the ceiling of this is that he's the sort of rising tide that could make this happen because on the local level, somebody in Atlanta and all these different places on the local level, the appeal to go to the games is there is just to get folks to tune in um, around the country. And you have this name that could possibly do that even, you know, because you have the LeBrons were there. uh, Serena Williams was there. Kim Kardashian, everybody was there watching this guy. The social media thing is there and he sort of made it feel cool in yeah. a way nationally that it kind of has felt on the local level for a long time. Okay, so first Boom. of all, Anal- analogized yeah, wrestling. You you landed the analogy. Um, first of all, Hulk Hogan's always been bald. He didn't start balding when he went WCW. <laughs> that man was was born with a with a strict receder, and yeah. also he, hopefully did the most things, with it. Hopefully things don't go as poorly in Florida for uh, my man Messi as they did Hogan post career. And the last thing I would say is that the kind of hiccup is is the quality there because I, I think mm. it's possible that Messi is going to bring more eyes, but right. with uh, WCW, which isn't still around. So maybe that's not a great analogy. <laughs> if you are the MLS. It had a good run. Yeah. It had a good run. But the, the, the hope is that you get them to show up with something mm. flashy like Messi, And then people are like, Oh, this game is great. These players are great. Right. I want to stay and watch it. That's the the next part. It's no single player is going to be good enough to turn MLS into like appointment television. But right. it could bring people to show up. And if everyone else's skill is high enough and people get hooked on it, then there's something to be said. But for now, let's just live in the moment. It's awesome now. It's cool now. I, I would go to – I'd love to go to a messy MLS game. Yeah. I don't know if I want to go to any of those other ones, though. Well, I mean, you know – 
Atlanta United is a is a, is a blast. Yeah, uh, to, to Seattle's pretty strong too. I, I hear. Yeah, yeah. Like there is a they they are sort of like again like on this local level they sort of know how to market. Like Atlanta has marketed in the hip hop sort of they blended is they blended this sort of hip hop Atlanta culture with this sort of European soccer culture in a really sort of cool way. Now, how, again, how does that translate nationally? I don't know. I think the only thing when you talk about the skill level here is that most folks in America don't know what good soccer looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like you watch, you watch people play soccer. You don't know if it's going to, if you're watching an actually good game or not, if you're watching actually skilled players in a way that if I watch bad NBA players, I know I'm watching a crappy team. Right. But soccer can be compelling, whether that's actual quote unquote good or not. Cause most people don't know what good soccer looks like. Alabaster. So I have a question for you guys. Something I've been thinking about all day. Um, you know, the LeBron thing, like he'd come to your town. You're like, I got to see LeBron at least once mm. before he retired. Same with Jordan. I think right now, Messi, part of this is just the intrigue, the palace intrigue of not having a player like this ever on American soil. I think he's mm. the number one person in any of the American leagues. He comes to my town. I have to see him. Where does he rank for you guys? Cause I think that is actually an interesting way of how big of a deal this is going to get over the course of his tenure in Miami. Go ahead, David. I don't, I don't know if I'd put him over Otani. Yeah. I don't know if I, I mean, the only it's thing so about showing is that he's a, okay. Get no more American. David did it. You just said, you know what I want to see? I want to see the past time. Let's see some baseball. I <laughs> know oh, yeah, I went, I went full old white guy talking here, well, but you know, we're going to lean into it. Yeah, an old white guy might have said Mike Trout or something. So you're you're like a young, <laughs> right, yeah, you're a young white guy, <laughs> young hip, young hip white guy. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'd rather crank see that, crank that Macklemore up. I want to see Otani. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, Otani be pretty cool. He's a special player. I think Messi is up there also. I don't know if I have to decide. I'll go see both. Take that, Alabaster. But uh, I think the <laughs> fact that they outrate uh, just about anybody else is pretty impressive. There's not a football player that I feel that way about. And, and I think all the basketball players, like they've been through our towns enough times that it's less exciting. Yeah. And there is some scarcity, at least to, to the messy of it. It's like, how long is he going to do this? Yeah. 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 I think most people with any sort of means, like to your point has maybe seen LeBron, you know, LeBron's been, <laughs> been traveling around for 20 yeah. years. Staff's been traveling around for 15, Katie, all those people like we don't like the Messies. Yeah, it feels like it feels like a it feels like a tour. Like it, like when you talk about those great teams, it feels like they're on on a on a rock star tour. Okay, pivoting from some football to some more football. Um, Women's World Cup, tough first game from the U.S. Women's National Team. Three zero win, but they did not look dominant in the final third. Um, after what you saw from our national team against Vietnam, do you still think they should be viewed as the favorite to win this World Cup? Absolutely. So, I mean, I guess we have to put Messi first because his name is Messi, but I actually watched this game and I enjoyed this Ooh. game uh, thoroughly. I get excited. The nationalism in me comes out when we do the World Cup, particularly the Women's World Cup. Like it feels more of the people for whatever reason, probably because I think I'm better than everyone and they actually are better than everyone. So mm -hmm. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt for now. It wasn't a perfect performance. They still won three to nothing against uh a not that good Vietnamese team, but yeah, it's a rough start. Their team is incredibly young. Young players like Sophie Smith play really well. Uh, you saw Trinity Rodman have an impact on the game until she came out. Uh, 
Rapino played more minutes than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I thought that she was just kind of going to be a player coach, like a cheerleader, just some maturity on the sideline. But she was out there taking a run at it. So, like, I really enjoyed this as an introduction. I'm not too worried just yet. It's going to be an uphill battle because the rest of the world is catching up. But USA, USA, that's all I got. If anybody knows anything about me, I, too, am a patriot. And so I uh, I want to cheer on as, as as loudly as you do for Team USA. So I think, uh, yeah, I, I think this felt like a scrimmage game. This feels like a team, a three-peat team. You know, like I, I think that, you know, this is the point I've been making about this thing the whole time is that three-peat teams sort of pl- do this. Like they're not really dominant in that third championship. Like they're always feels like an uphill, always feels like the hardest title, always feels like it's hard to get up. For those games, there's always a lot of turnover. I think there's only nine players from their last championship who are on this team. They do have those young players. I think Sophie Smith is their coming out party uh, in this game. And I think that that is sort of the takeaway, that you have the young players who are showing up and that you can kind of make this thing work. And they kind of let them take over against this against Vietnam team. It was a scrimmage game. The margin of error has been decreasing this entire time anyway, but yet they've still been winning. They haven't trailed in like 10 years in this thing. So I, I think they're going to be fine. And it, uh... Like, I know this is counterintuitive, but like, I could see them looking better against better opposition because Vietnam had no desire to win that game. They had no desire to (laughs) score a goal. Their their goal was to minimize how much they lose by, like control the point differential as much as they possibly can, which is hard for anyone. They are like world-class level players, even if they aren't the world-class of uh, the entire world, they are representing their country. And they're good soccer players who only wanted to stop to stop up the offensive or the U.S. offense. And they did a reasonable job. I mean, U.S. was still able to score three goals. And the, like, physical superiority, like, it's clear that these women on our team are professional soccer players. Right, You could see that difference in size and athleticism and also just creativity offensively. Uh, Again, Vietnam wasn't trying to be creative offensively, but it's always fun to see the USA uh, get out there and and make runs at at attacks. And they're young, so I feel like they're going to get better and better as we go along. Like, what's it? Alyssa Thompson is an 18-year-old out there. Yeah. Uh, who's – I mean, she came in off the bench, but she was contributing. So you're asking a lot of these really young players, and I always love watching Julie Ertz push people around. It's just fun to me. I don't know. It's the, the football in me and the football in her family. She just be banging into normal-sized women. It's great. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think we take 20, 24 shots – within, you know, 18, you know, like that feels like that game could have been six or seven to nothing. They just missed some shots. You know, like if you, if you do that 10 more times, they're not going to score fewer than five. And then uh, then when you know that the team that you're playing with is not actually trying to win, you score three, you score three goals and just get out of here without getting an injury. Let's call it a day. I I think that I agree with you. I think once the, once the competition gets better, they're going to be. That's fair. I, I didn't, I mean, I walked away from that game thinking that U.S. didn't play as well as I think they're capable of playing, but I guess the amount of shots that they got off, it does suggest that I would have felt differently about this. If uh, <laughs> three more of the shots that they took, which were makeable shots, I, I can remember a, at least two more shots that I thought were makeable. If those had gone mm. in, I mean, the, the penalty kick, they got a save on a damn penalty yeah. kick. Those go in, we might feel a lot different about their performance. Um, but either way, they're going to win it all because USA, USA. Who's your favorite player? I mean, I feel like you strike me as a Rapino fan. That's seemed like. Actually, I was kind of, I was coming into this looking at Sophie and seeing how she was going to do. And Monster. yeah, and the way she played kind of like really set me up 
to feel like I was really smart by saying that that was a player that I was looking I noticed at that before the they, tournament. They were running on social that all the players uh, had to guess who was going to win the first, who was going to score the first goal. And it seemed okay. like everybody on the women's team was like, so Smith is going to for- yeah. score the first goal, which shocked me. And I'm, I'm a Germa guy. That's, I mean, defense. I mean, those are, those are the two, those are sort of the two young studs, you know, like you could talk about the players being young, but I mean, it's not just like they just pulled off a bunch of Jordan pools and Kamingas out of nowhere. They got some, like some studs out there, man. So such unnecessary strays shot at Kaminga's the best one of that group. Kaminga don't deserve that. You gotta maybe, maybe him or I don't know. We'll see how he or Moody plays. Show, show that, show that sad pool face. Put the sad pool face right up in there with Team USA. Let's do that. Hmm. I think it's gonna come down to uh, Rose Lavelle if she can get match fit because her techers on the ball are fantastic when she's out she's- there. And um, nobody asked you, but I mean, I don't know. You're asking, you're asking a lot from, I mean, she's coming off a knee injury. Yeah, right? yeah, like yeah. She hadn't played yeah, yeah. from April 9th until Friday. I don't, I don't like how you be acting brand new when we talk about soccer. You start talking about magisterial <laughs> and you use words I know. or phrases like match fit. Get out of here. If she Are can you, get healthy, like if she you, can get in game shape, you're American. That's what we say. We say game shape. We don't say season form. Mid cup yeah. form. Can you, yeah. Alabaster, put your put your monocle down while you're talking oh, to us, please. Yeah. Goodness gracious. You, what are you and doing? Jack, get out of here. Right, well, I'm just, <laughs> I just America. Hope, I hope this Jack. cup is coming home to America again. Um, all right, let's move on to a couple. What are the chances? English and we're going to talk about. They're all, all right, guys. Well, let's move to some meatheads, okay? Don't rush me. There we go. <laughs> we're we're going to feel right at home. We got a couple sound bites here, but uh, what are the chances that Dan Campbell and Jared Goff are right? That the Hype is unwarranted for the Lions. Yes. I don't care what the go. question is. You said Dan Campbell, and now I feel really American. I think is always the thing that's going to worry you is the hype train. I mean, as with most coaches, you know, this thing is just taking off and it's out of control right now. And, and that's fine as long as we stay focused on the job at hand and the work. I just keep going back to that. The so-called hype train is, is, I don't know, I think it's funny to me that, like, you know, you go nine and eight, you don't make the playoffs, and now you're all of a sudden a favorite. And it's, you know, of course, we got good players, we got good coaches, we got good team, but we ain't done anything. You know, speaking of wrestling, Jared Goff looks like he could be Dan Campbell. Like, he looks like Dan, the manager for Dan Campbell, the wrestler. Like, he looks like they walked to the ring together. Jared Goff be like, look at my guy! Yeah. And Dan Campbell's like flexing. The point, of the, like. the point of the manager is when the wrestler can't talk, right? I mean, right, they're, not, yeah. they're not good at selling the matches, so you need somebody to sell them too. That's not a problem with Dan Campbell. He certainly <laughs> is a hell of a performer. Uh, I mean, what I always find appealing, or not always, but sometimes I fi- find appealing is knowing what was said in the team meeting. And uh-huh. when you come out, it's often on a Wednesday after the first team meeting of the week when we're in game week, and everybody's using the same terminology. Yeah. Hype train? Oh, how many times do you think Dan Campbell said hype train in that meeting? Because now that's all they talk about is dodge the hype train. We can't buy into the mm-hmm. hype train. We ain't done nothing. We got to do the work. Oh, I love football. It's such football talk. I feel like Dan Campbell also says hype train like on Friday nights. Like when he's in, going out and chugging beers. Oh, no, no, he's no, like, no. Get, re- get ready for the hype train. No, no, no. That's what he's on his way back home. <laughs> <laughs> you guys get ready for the hype train we ain't done nothing yet i'm gonna show you all the work i put in what am i supposed to be adding percentages to what are the chances oh, yeah. when jared goff are right about the hype train 100 percent, sure i'm not, not alabaster i gotta use my finger to read so he uses big words i gotta use my, my finger to figure out what's going on is dan done his up downs yet i feel like that's something that should populate my twitter yes. or, or my, yes. my x oh he, he has, has. 
It did, yeah, it's it's that time of year. It's like uh like in December when Mariah Carey tunes up to have her new song out, Dan Campbell doing the up downs. It's that time, baby. I would say so uh the hype train is unwarranted. I you know, I would say fifty fifty. I think that like they have a little bit of warrantness going on here. Like I think this team I mean, part of the, the discussion was about the team having so many nationally televised games. I think what four nationally televised games and um, obviously their Thanksgiving game and all that stuff. I think part of that is because they had some of the most um, fun games last season that were, you know, not necessarily about how well they played, but they made the playoffs. A lot of those games, I think it was 38-35 to the Eagles. They had like a high-scoring game. I think with Seattle, four or five of those games are really, you know, uh, riveting. It became like this thing's like tune into the Lions. I think that has a lot to do with it, but it gives them that that bullet board material, baby, so they can act all like they, you know, there's no, there's no hype to it. So yeah, they, um, I mean, Jared Goff's the quarterback. Dan Campbell's mm-hmm. not a like renowned, successful coach. I think that it's fair for us to believe in the talent that they have. They still don't have Jamison Williams out there just yet. Six more games because now he has a gambling issue, uh, mm-hmm. and the defense came like came together, they added some pieces. The O-line is really good. But, I mean, I think it's fair for them to say it's unwarranted. But what else are they going to say? I think it's also fair yeah. for the for us to project that they're going to win it because you look around the d- division and you got uh, Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. that about it. And you got uh, yeah. maybe Justin Fields will go bananas. And then you got uh, the Packers trying to break in a new quarterback. So the one thing that seems more reliable, I think, right now, is uh the lions and they played well last year finished strong so yeah they deserve some some recognition but yeah i think they're right because dan campbell's always right bite them kneecaps yeah. baby and some and somehow jared goff is like what the third fourth best quarterback in the nfc like, like this is like this is this oh you is mean in the whole yeah. nfc yeah okay i thought like, you were saying that division uh no that yeah that division is is I mean, there's there's no reason the Lions should not win that division. I mean, the, to be honest seems... about Jared Goff, he's played well recently, but right. he had a lot of turnover-worthy plays that just didn't mm-hmm. turn into turnovers. He's, uh, yeah, we'll see. Like, I, I don't think that they are ready to extend him and make him the full franchise quarterback. Things could go south for them this season, but the fact of the matter is the chances of that happening are slimmer than it is for every other team in that division to me i think the the vikings got a new defensive coordinator which i think will help them get better uh but they still need some more talent on defense just talent wise the the lions i think got the best roster and they got the most reliable thing in that whole division is their offensive line and they can win up front they'll be fine and they got a running back first round jameer gibbs he's gonna ball out ball out and then not get paid. Yeah, not get paid. <laughs> they are gonna run him booby mile style. He's gonna he's gonna carry that team, and then uh, save Jared Goff. Jared Goff's gonna get a hundred fifty million dollar contract. <laughs> That's and in two years ago, send his brother packing. Great, oh. I love I love capitalism. Doesn't go wrong. Uh, I feel I feel confident that the the success of that team and Jared Goff is not going to hinge on Jameer Gibbs, as fun as he might be. Um, but is it going to hinge on Jared Goff? Yeah, if he's <laughs> if or if he's under pressure because he's good when he's not under pressure okay, and terrible yes. under pressure. Um, that's right, off the line. One. He may not be under a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah. Next one, got another soundbite here. What are the chances that Paul Pierce makes a valid argument? Put Shaq on my team. Put LeBron and Bosh with me. I'm not going to win one. You don't think? 
Me, LeBron, and Isaiah Thomas. Me, LeBron, and and Bosh. We can't get. We not gonna win one. Yeah, we're not gonna win a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm saying that's though. That's true. That's true. So I'm saying though, like, right. like who's the better three point shooter? Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he is he a better scorer? Does, is he a better scorer? Okay, he averaged more points than me career. <laughs> I can shoot the three. He's a better slasher. I can post it up. <clears throat> I can get to the line. Who a better scorer? So you know what it is, and I'm no, I'm I'm, I'm totally. Yeah, it's no. just he was fancier. Yeah, yeah it was just That's he was fancier. Saying. What I'm going to say Let's is, break it down. <laughs> I love this so much. First of all, Cameron and Mace, their show is the most is like one of the most incredible shows. Like not they even got a new sports. set. I, they like blowing up. Yeah, <laughs> the first four, the first like thirty seconds of Paul Pierce and the show is like must watch. You have to see it on. You have to watch it. Why are you even watching this? We're just like two old losers. We'll go watch them. No, that's a bad idea. Um, stay here. I'll give you the analysis that you come to to see. So first of all, having this conversation with Mace and uh, Cameron is uh, pretty bad. But also having the conversation at all is never a way to win. You need to feed this to someone else. And like, what is the question? If the question is who is the better player, there are lots of players who are better than other players who have not had a better career. Like, I think it's hard to argue that uh, Dwayne Wade has had a better career. Like, I think Dwayne Wade has definitely had a better career. Whether his argument is give me the same situation or whatever, that's fine. You didn't mm -hmm. have that situation. So, like, I'm going to go down saying that I think that Kevin Durant is a better basketball player than Steph Curry. It's not going to matter. Like, no one is going to mm -hmm. agree with me. They're, the end of time, they're going to be like, well, Steph had a team. Durant had to come there and win a championship. So that's what I feel like with Paul yeah. Pierce is like, I'm sorry, bro. Like, you lost this one. And you might be more skillful scorer. You might have messed better with Shaq. You might have messed better with these other um, players with uh, LeBron and Bosh and won a bunch of championships. But you didn't. And you making this argument is bad. What are the chances he has a valid argument? Yeah, he has a valid argument. I'll give him 65, but he shouldn't be making the argument. This is this is all Jalen Rose's fault, actually. This is from way back oh, when Jalen yeah. Rose, uh, when Paul Pierce said this, Jalen Rose read shout all the stats. And uh, yeah, I know. Shout out my dog. Uh, and Michelle Beadle was gassing him up, and they made Paul Pierce look bad on the set because they read out all the statistical reasons that Dwayne Wade was better. My favorite part of this clip is Paul Pierce being like, he ain't a better scorer. He averaged more points. And then they just kept on moving on. Like, like that literally means it's a better score. Like, what are you talking about? The thing uh, is that, yes, I agree with the fact that Paul Pierce, that Dwayne Wade had better circumstances and that got him better champ, you know, championships. But when these teams had nobody but Paul Pierce and nobody but Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade carried that squad to the playoffs a couple of times. And Paul Pierce does not have a four-game resume on his record like Dwayne Wade had in the 2006 finals. I'm sorry. Paul Pierce had a fantastic 2008 finals, best player on the court when they won, or 2007, 2008, when they won that championship. So I feel like it's a 0% argument. There we I'm go. sorry. Dwayne Wade's just a better player, right? Like, there's, he's just a better player. And that's the argument he's making. He's a better player than Dwayne Wade because Dwayne Wade was on better teams. But Dwayne Wade was a better player than Paul Pierce across the board. Yeah. Like, all NBAs. I think May said it, better defender. <laughs> and then he just stopped talking because they were just laughing at, at Paul Pierce. Like, Paul Pierce just, just 
just leave it alone. I mean, I feel like there's, uh, I'll get to you in a second, Alabaster. I feel like there's a good conversation for post-career. Who's having a better post-career? Because Dwayne's out here owning teams, running around with Gabby Union, being a leader in LGBTQ uh, initiatives. He's doing all these things. But Paul Pierce drunk all the time. Paul Pierce, you know, his IG Live is a... Uh is an experience also so that might get edited out too so. Alabaster, what you got has Dwayne wade ever won an nba finals game after his pants uh i was i was determined not to talk about the poop uh i was determined but alabaster yeah. brought yeah. it to the doo-doo yeah he went from magisterial to pooping pants so whatever it's all good uh, we we've dragged him down to our level way to go he went past us beneath us yeah. we were just trying to get him in the median he was like nah i'm right. getting the trough butt chin <laughs> classic oh we're done we're done nice. oh cool. i thought i thought we had some more to go i want to see some some joel and b dance moves oh well. no i thought we were gonna get the yeah. oh joel it's a nice move congratulations oh. he's married now he got a ring i'm sure there's lots of ring jokes being made about him right Mm-hmm. It has to be. That's what mm-hmm. you guys do. Monsters. Yeah, I hope she's satisfied even though he can't make it past the second round. Oh, God.